Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So next midfielder. Uh, so we go uh, this is, wide men, or we go in the one in the hole. Or what do you want to do? Well, which which side do you put yourself, Kieran? <laughs> I'll put myself on the right. The yeah, dreaded right. The left, so we're right there. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll All right, myself... let's go with you. Yeah, go on in. Go on in. Where I'll you go? Put myself on the right. Um, especially playing four three three. You're not playing as a right midfielder. You're basically a right attacker. You can go into pockets. You can use your penetration. I didn't like playing on the right in a 4-4-2 as much, but I've played wide in a 4-3-3 many a times. Um, I don't like talking about myself, to be honest, like this. Uh, well, let, yeah. let, me, let me do it then. There was yeah. always, when, when we were younger as kids and, um, you know, we came for a similar sort of age groups and played in the under-21s together, and there were certain players that I knew that were absolute quality, whether they played for it. You know, I, I played with, obviously, Scully was part of that as well. Um, it was a big Ipswich one. And, and But I look back to those days and we, we beat um, Italy, um, away in Italy. Um, and, you know, there was you playing. I think I set you up that day as for the goal as well. We, we talked about that a little while ago. Um, Rio Ferdinand playing. It was, there were certain players I thought that would make a difference in our team when they were playing at that level. And you were one of them, without a doubt. It's one of those people that I was, when I was playing at Norwich, and I tried not to look at it which too much, you were the player that I'd watch because the ability you had to go past people and, and score goals and excite people. And that for me is what a wide man has to do. That's what an attacker has to do. They have to excite people. They have to have pace. They have to be able to score goals. And you're an horrible on the pitch as well at times but that but that's what made but that's what every single top player has to have to reach that very 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 top level you've got to have everything and for me 
as much as it hurts me to say it about an Ipswich Town player, I'll take it away from the Ipswich Town side. I'll, I'll talk about when you play for Newcastle and that. And that's, that can I feel it's a bit easier then. Um, you know, one of one of the best players I've seen of, of that era, uh, and you know, it's been it was an absolute pleasure to be part of that that squad with you at the time. So that's you. Um, in terms of the players going to put up against you, uh, right midfielder, there's probably one that stands out, and, and I'm sure you'll know who, who I'm going to say. And he's actually from Ipswich himself, so um, still lives there. Um, came to Norwich as a youngster. And that's Rule Fox. I mean, Rule Fox had just ability beyond belief. And he went on from Norwich to go to, to Tottenham. He went and then went to Newcastle. So, so I think that's sort of path as you took, Kieran. Um, but he was just, when I was coming through the youth team and watching my, the first team play, he was the player that like, I modelled myself on and wanted to be in the first team. We all looked at the team you had wanted to join and play for and how you wanted to play and how you wanted to be like. And he was the one for me. Rule Fox was just a goal scorer. He could set things up and he was horrible on the pitch as well, but a, but a great lad off it. So looking at the two, I, I look, Foxy was outstanding. He was, he was, to say, probably one of Norwich's greatest ever wingers. But I have to put my hands up and say, look, Kieran was, was a better player. You were. You, Foxy... Probably, probably openly admit that as well. We played well, in the past. We've only just retired from vets football. We played for Wit and Vets together. Me and Foxy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah he's still he's such, he's a great, still he's such a great, such a great lad, such a great lad. He has, he has. You know, and that that for me is I have to again. You look at the England side and you look at the, all that type of thing. You have to roll it into one. And as good as Foxy was in that era, I think if I looked at someone I thought is going to be from my era who was going to surpass that and be better, who was coming through. Was was Kieran, so I'm going to have to concede, unfortunately, on uh, Rule Fox for for Kieran Dyer. You won't have it that easier on the left hand side. I tell you that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. Right. All right. Darren, just picking up, you, All you right. said that you said that Kieran was a horrible something or whatever on the pitch. What what does that mean as a, as a fan? You know, what's he getting up to that makes you think that he's he's horrible? He wasn't horrible in terms of he wasn't like a Tariko horrible. He wasn't he wouldn't do that. But what he was was he would he would put his foot in. He would he would it like everything would go into his performance. There's not he, I think Kieran was a bit like me when I played. I never I, I don't understand the generation where, where people talk about players who have, have tossed it off in a game or are not quite at it or they don't fancy it. I don't I didn't care whether I was playing in a five or side with my mates, if I was playing for Norwich, I was playing for England, I was playing for whoever. I want it to be the best for me. And I think ultimately that's what sets players apart. And Kieran had that. It wasn't about anybody else. It was about Kieran Dyer being the best he could be. And, and the rest of it would take care of itself. And he had that, that single-mindedness to succeed and go on. And, and it, you know, to watch him play in, in, at Ipswich, it, it's always a matter of time before he's going to go on to bigger and better things. So and you can see that quite early. And, and, you know, from a youngster coming into the team, his drive and determination and to fit into... Other te- you know, a team, an experienced team like he did um, and show that quality right from the start is very, very hard to do. You can see it now with the players trying to break in now. Very o- not very often do you see 17, 18-year-old lad breaking into a first team. And they're generally 21, 22 now before they get an opportunity. So you've got to be that good. You've got to be that good in, in an era where people were there to hurt you from, from the type of player that like Kieran was and I was. People were there to, to break you. You know, I, I'm 
numerous team talks I heard of managers saying, fucking get stuck into him early on, get smashing, because if you don't, if you don't let him know, you're going to be out. But then Kieran was like me, I, I relished that. I loved the fact that someone was going to try and boot me. It used to drive me on even more to make him look like a twat because it was just what I wanted to do. For me, first and foremost, and that's I think that's the, the most important part, and it's not being selfish. I think we sometimes in England sort of mistake self-confidence for self for, for being big-headed, and I think people would see that, but, but Kieran was single-minded to succeed, to be the best he could be for him, and everything else would then take, take care of itself around him. Good. No, good points. I, I, you know, he's... When you said rule fox, I thought it was going to be a bit more difficult than than it was. But I think I think you I think you were a bit too too polite for for Kieran. Rule fox was a great player, Kieran, um, and you Foxy know had, was brilliant. Had a great yeah. career as well. He's absolutely idolised in Newcastle. Yeah, very good for Tottenham. And like you said, he's one of the best wingers Norwich have ever produced. It's well, a shame just let him through their fingers. I can't understand how an Ipswich boy ends up at Norwich. I think with you know looking at the the seven players on the on the team sheet. Some people are probably thinking that you know you've you, you've earned it, but when they find out that Rule Fox is possibly on the bench, not even in the squad, they're going to think, well, it could be a challenge there. But I'm I'm interested on this. this well, I think this left I think it's side. I think as well. Just just on the right hand side as well, Kieran was for me. Kieran was a slightly different player to Foxy. Kieran was more graceful with the ball, more technically gifted in terms of skills, and, and um, Foxy was out and out blistering pace and power. And I think that's slightly different to what Kieran was. But if I if I look at players I like to watch I like to watch them both but as I say I have to balance it on again where their career level reach and I think Kieran just reached the heights above where Foxy did but I mean it's so close between the two in terms of their club career but but Kieran's obviously involved with England so that for me takes the biscuit over over Foxy let's go to left the left wing. left wing yeah I obviously went <laughs> especially in a 4-3-3 um, I think this formation is made for him. Bobby Petter, um, Ipswich fans were probably like, when is the Bob, real Bobby Petter going to turn up? And then that one season, didn't he turn up and he was absolutely unstoppable. Obviously, he scores the two goals against Norwich in that 5-0 demolition, which is probably the highlight of my Ipswich career. Um, intelligent. Didn't just beat people with pace and trickery. He could play one-twos. Uh, just, like I said, for a winger to be unplayable for probably six months of that season was just, it was a joy to, well, it was baffling because we didn't know where it come from because he'd been at the club probably about 18 months prior to that. Um, but he was, when we went on that run to make the playoffs and nearly get promoted automatically, he was a massive part to playing it. Obviously, he went to Celtic, didn't he? Um, he left us on a free, went to Celtic. He did well for Celtic as well. Um, so, I would anyone be... could do well for Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Sutter didn't. Steve really? Guppy. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve Guppy went from Leicester to Celtic and was a ledge. I mean, come on, you've got to do me a favour now. Yeah, nah, so well. <laughs> Bobby, was, Bobby was very, very good. Um, probably an icon of our club but then if you're going to put yourself left wing again touching on basically what you said about me not many people know this story 
Um, I'm really close to Pete Taylor and people don't realise how loved Darren was by Glenn Hoddle. Glenn Hoddle was going to obviously always fast track Rio, myself, Richard Wright, Emil Heskey, Darren Eady, and then obviously Lee Hendry lately, uh, later. So um, they were always fast tracking him to be in the England squad sooner rather than later. He was... My first derby was at Carrow Road. We lost 2-1 on the day. You basically had a free roll off the off the striker. You ripped us. I think you won the man in a match that day. Um, you were the difference in the game. Blistering pace. Scared us. I can remember I weren't quite in the first in that year when poor John Walk towards the end was playing centre-half <laughs> against him as well. Uh, oh, yeah. But he got sent off. You were, Listen... You know you're a good player when Ipswich fans, they label you as the bad guy as soon as you got the ball, you got booed. They knew you were the danger. They're not stupid people. They're well-educated people. Um, like I said, to, in that England under-21 team, there was one stage where we had five or six of us from Ipswich and Norwich, which is mind-boggling the way you think of football today. And it's all Man City and Chelsea and Liverpool. Um we were doing something right and you were a very, very, very good player. And like I said, one thing that gets labelled at me quite a bit is injuries. And what if I didn't have injuries? And that's probably even for you, even more, because your injuries hit you a lot sooner than it did me. Uh, he's touched on that. We played a certain amount of Premier League games. I'm sure we'd have played well over 300, 400 games in the Premier League if our bodies didn't betray us. And that's a testament to your ability. And um, yeah, you're a good player. And uh, when we got to see you live and playing with you, uh, you're a dream to play with. So yeah, uh, Bobby Pett's got no chance. Um, I think even the Ipswich fans, even they watch this back, if they're being honest and they're putting their, their blue blood aside, they know um, you are our nemesis. So that's... Yeah. Um, I, I like Bobby. Yeah, I, I, I like Bobby, um, but he, he wasn't consistent. And you're right. You know, as, as a fan traveling up to Carroll Road or when we were entertaining Norwich at Portman Road, you'd always be a player, certainly in the 90s, that the one that we think that we, we, we'd have to watch. Um, I thought, right, you should have done a bit better for the for the goal that you scored at Carroll Road. I think you rushed out <laughs> a bit too much, but you managed to stick it in from a great angle. And, and um, unfortunately, you were just too fast for... For John Walk, um, I just think it was really unfair that 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 booking that yeah that that sending off that you, that you had. But yeah, I'm, I've I've got to say that you 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 were a player. Um, and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the, the squad for the that game that five nil demolition derby, and your name just does stand out by a long way. And I, I think probably you probably earned that. Um, you probably come off at halftime. We'll bring Bobby Petter on as as one of the subs. But um, but yeah, I, th- I think we we put you in as <laughs> as left wing. Mm. I thought you... Like Kieran said, do you know what, them days, that those Ipswich derbies, you, you do, the Ipswich Norwich derby, you lifted yourself for it. It was just, I, I used to love them for, for a month building up to the games and the, the hostility of it all. I loved it all. And I think, as I said to Kieran, if you can't enjoy that as a footballer, you're never going to succeed. I wanted to beat Ipswich with a passion, you know, and I'm sure Kieran was the same wanting to beat Norwich. It was just in you to do it. And, you know, some of the atmospheres we had were, were incredible. Some of the best I've played in. I remember when the, when the, the Gunny 
um, kick one uh, down at Ipswich Town and the, all the fans, fans ran on the pitch after the game. And I believe it was Jason Dezel's brother, who's quite well known in Ipswich for being a bit of a wrong. <laughs> and he was and he was coming on a pitch and slapping all sorts. We're talking about like, like pitch invasions at the moment. It's been quite a hot topic, of course. And mm. yeah, we were walking off the pitch and somebody smacks me on the back of the head. And he goes and smacks somebody else on the back of the head. It was, um, but I loved it. You know, I never felt threatened by it all. I used, I used to thrive on it. I used to, I used to love that challenge of, of being booed and, and being cajoled by the opposition. Because as Kieran said, you know you're doing something right. If, if they want to dig you out, it's because you're doing well. And I, I use that as an incentive. So, yeah, look, I, it's nice to hear those things that Kieran said about Glenn Oddle and things. And it's just, yeah, my career was cut short at 28. Um, I was in England squad a few times, the Glenn Hoddle, as was Kieran. And, and that, like you said, four or five players from our squad that were fast-tracked. So it's it a pleasure to be part of that era, but, you know, terribly gutting to, to have it cut short. But, you know, life happens, as, as Kieran knows, and things come along, you have to deal with it. And you try and get over as best you can. But uh, yeah, it's, it's always sticks in my mind of being a um, a really tough time in terms of the injuries as, as we've both experienced. So, um, but, you know, what, I mean, what years we are now, 25 years later, and people are still talking about us, we must have done something right. Yeah, I think I think that that's spot on. The only name, Kieran, that I'm just looking at this list that you, you didn't mention as a centre mid was Danny Sonner, often underrated by Ipswich Town players, scored at Carroll Road as well in the... Darren's not keen. What? Do me a favour. You mentioned you. Well, that's even pointless mentioning those. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, my word. Is synonymous with what was that like, Club Coach? Chicago's or something? Chicago's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why everyone knows Danny Sonner. Yeah. To be fair, a lot of your boys used to come up and go out in Norwich, didn't they? So Titus and his brother used to come up to Norwich all the time to go out. All the time. They were always up here. All the time. Good old days, eh? See, Ipswich players can go to Norwich and not be having could to be, work. Could, oh, Norwich players yeah, can go to Norwich. <laughs> yeah, although, I mean, look at the size of Titus. No one was going to pick on him, were they? That was no. the difference. You know, yeah. he could do what he wants, wherever he wants. <laughs> I couldn't imagine Robert Fleck walking around Hollywood or something like that. That would be really young. <laughs> <laughs> I think, he, oh, I think he played with him. Did, with his second spell at, at, at Carroll Road, you were playing with Flecky? Yeah. He I can't was, believe I called yeah, him Flecky. What was, <laughs> was that for? Yeah. He was, he, was a, he, was a, he was a crowd pleaser. As much as he was a great striker back in the day, don't get me wrong, but his second spell at Norwich, he wasn't the player he used to be because he was, he was a bit older. But again, in terms of someone who read the game really well and, and, and taught us the way of, of playing, he was, he was a great lad. But he'd always... He had one trick at half-time. Um... No, I just couldn't work out why he used to do it. So we come in for half time, have a team talk. He would always strip down, completely bollock naked, take his top off, shirt off, everything, pull his shorts and his pants down, right down by his ankles, and sit on the edge of the bench with his cock and balls just hanging down. And he would do it on purpose because then the manager couldn't have bollock him and have a go at him. Would look at him because he's literally <laughs> like that. And I spoke to him when I said, "Is that what? What did you do that for?" He said, "Well, for that exact reason." I said, "I just I'm trying to cool down." But also, I know the manager can't take me seriously if I'm sat there with all my gear hanging out. <laughs> yeah, good lad. Good lad, Flecky. Different tactic. Um, we've still got one space in, in midfield and we'll, 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 come, we'll come back to that one. Um, mm. So we've got two more players left to pick. We'll start with one from you, you Darren, and then we'll go one from you, Kieran, and then we'll, we'll decide on, on that way. Okay. Well, if we, yeah, if, I mean, if you're going to go to four four two, if we do the same, so I mentioned both my 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 forwards, the nine and the ten, or the two the two front men. 
I, I kind of been bit nineties. I I kind of love a bit of classic big man, little man. Um, and there's there's two players who I played with at, actually quite early on in their careers, both of them at different times. Right. Um, who went on to bigger and better things? Oh no, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so you can't the be first one, Craig Bellamy, Jesus Christ! The first one, the first one is Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton was um, obviously went on to Blackburn, won the Premier League. Is involved with England. Um, I think anybody went who to Blackburn and Shearer won the Premier won League. Him, Sorry, must have won whether he was part. He was part of the SAS for uh, the Sutton and Shearer. Brigade. There was no SAS. Um, <laughs> won, won the Premier League. The Shearer. Sutton was a. Sutton was Sutton was a for me. He was like he, he could play anywhere. He used to play central defence as well for Norwich at times, but. He was uh, probably the, the best centre forward I played with in terms of. Um, he was a tramp, though. I mean, he was my first roomie. So he was literally, his gear he used to wear was shit. He used to look like a tramp. And he was my first roomie. But but he was he was some players. Laces always had done in training. He was the one that would always get donkey of the week in training as well. So he'd always have the yellow jersey on because he was so shit in training. But come a Saturday, he, was, he played in Norwich's first team for two or three seasons. And he was he was why Norwich essentially finished third in the Premier League because of him and because of the ability he had. He was just a great target man, um, scored goals. Um, and again, he was horrible on the pitch. He was one of those lads that he was good mates with Foxy and, and he was good mates with Lee Power. And they just had something going in, in that era. And, and so he was another one that kind of come off the, 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 um, uh, the conveyor belt for Norwich's youth team as well, a, a local boy. So, you know, an iconic person for Norwich. Left Norwich under a bit of a cloud when he had a fight with someone out in the club and bit a taxi driver's finger or something like that. And it was all sorts of stuff going on. But but certainly was that classic centre forward of the nineties. And and to say to win the Premier League, he has to be has to be in the team. I think anybody who's who's got a winner's medal in the Premier League and consistently played the whole season for a Premier League winner's medal for me has to be in the team. My other one, and I know. Kieran's gonna hate it, <laughs> and you know what? The weird, the weird thing is, I fucking hate him as well. But it is Craig <laughs> Bellamy. It is Craig Bellamy. I, it's like, I, I mean, I don't know Bellas now, so I, I can only speak for my time of playing with Bellas at Norwich. He was just a horrible little shit. But we talk about that single-mindedness of of. He says the same about else. you, by the way. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> But, you know, he's like, he was just like everybody else's shit apart from him. You know, he was just so single-minded to be the best. And he hated the fact that I was a talisman at Norwich. He hated it with a passion. And he would have moved on from Norwich to bigger and better things at the time. He was going to go to Spurs, but he actually played, I think it was a pre-season friendly against Southend. He wasn't supposed to play. And he said to Bruce Rioch, just let me have half a game. Just let me pay half a game. And he snapped his cruciate in that half. So it set him back a couple of years. But just horrible. I mean, I've I've had run-ins with him in, in on nights out because he's just digging at you the whole time, telling everybody their shit and he's the best thing in the world. <laughs> and he then moves on and obviously went to Cov, but he you know played for Newcastle, for Liverpool, for Man City. And as a player, I can't deny the fact he was just fantastic. And and as someone who was the talisman in Norwich team, looking at someone behind me, thinking "fuck off," or watching my back here, it was Craig Bellamy. So as much as I hated him as a person, I loved him as a player. And he did go on and prove that 
worth, I think. I think he was just a top quality player who if wouldn't have got it didn't get injured, obviously played for Wales as well. You know, it's, it's not it's no England, can't be wrong. But um, you know, he was just a sensational player and, and but I, I, it's, it really it was t- it was hard for me to do it. But I'm just going on pure football ability. If I want someone in my team, I want Craig Bellamy in it because he was horrible on the pitch as well. And he'd score goals and he was creative. He was just that type of player off the pitch. Didn't want anything to do with him. And I've been, I'm sure Kieran's got lots of stories about him as well. But you know, some of the stories I heard when he was at Newcastle about telling Bobby Robson he was shit and stuff. And it's like, and I know Shearer had tore him up in the changing rooms and stuff. And just think, well, Bellas, what are you doing? You, you know, you've got nothing to prove. You know, just keep your gob shut and let your football do any talking. But for me, that is what made him so good because he was an arsehole on and off the pitch. And he was so single-minded to be the best, better than everybody else. Whether he was or wasn't, he would believe he is. And that's why he had the career he did, because he was just horrible. Just the nasty little horrible shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's my two. Chris Sutton and Craig Bellamy. Moralise me, that as Living two strikers. <laughs> By the way... We're getting into this debate. I'm not even going to mention my two strikers, but you did say when I said about Bobby Petter going to Celtic, you said anyone goes to I know, Celtic. Bellas went there as well. Yeah. Uh, well, well, no, I'm talking about Chris Sutton. He spent about six years oh, okay. in his prime going yeah. to Celtic, by the way. Just want to throw that in before I go to my strikers. But he did also play for Chelsea. I know he had one, but he did also play for Chelsea. He, I wouldn't say play for Chelsea, um, would you? <laughs> would you say play yeah. with Chelsea yeah. for a goal for like he, he was I think he was the record signing for Chelsea at the time he was that's, that's as good as he gets yeah 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 so he obviously had something about him so I, I, they're, they're my two Chris Sutton and Craig Bellamy but can I just jump in and you know Celtic's not a graveyard for, for footballers you know they, they, they qualify for the for the Champions I League, didn't bring so. this up I liked I, I, like, <laughs> I like Ray it depends like who him. you are there's some, yeah. there's some absolutely brilliant players that have gone to Celtic over the years. Don't get me wrong, but I, I can't, I can't class Bobby Petter as one of them. <laughs> as decent as he was, he's not, a, you know, yeah, you know, he's a decent player, but I don't class him as a, you know, Henrik Larsson. Now you're talking. There's some players there, you know, Petrov, and and you know, fantastic player. And there's been a few over the years, but it's also been mixed in with some. Some players, players that are decent, you know, but but I think if you're a quality player, you'd always succeed. But I think there's been some players that were decent that went to Celtic and it furthered their career for a bit longer than it probably would have done if they were playing south of the border. My opinion. What about what about players that came from Celtic to south of the border? <clears throat> south of the border. You mentioned Malky Mackay, Peter Grant. Did that? Did they? Was that a step up for them from Celtic to to Norwich or a step down? Well, it depends when they came because Peter Grant comes to the end of his career, the back end of his career. So he was about 95 when he came to us. He had everything you need in terms of his knowledge and experience to, to, to gauge from the lads. And we looked a lot from that, but he certainly wasn't the player he was at Celtic. Uh, and, and as a legend, he was. And Malky was the same. Malky was, I think, um, probably suited better to the Scottish game. And I think he excelled at that. Um, I think he was a good player for us, but I would say he was certainly good for Celtic but I don't think you'd ever reach those heights in the Premier League look probably if you're going to compare Premier League to Celtic that not many of those Celtic players that he played with would get in the top six of a Premier League team and and that's why I sort of class Malky Malky was a fantastic player for Norwich great captain great leader when they won the cup when they won the league and stuff he was he was brilliant he was brilliant but he wasn't a Premier League top Premier League player or even a 
you know, mid-table Premier League player, in my opinion. Um, you know, so difficult to fit him in, really. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I can't believe I'm, I'm sticking up for, for Chris Sutton here, but I'm sticking up for him after his time at Norwich. You know, the, the SAS strike force, Kieran, it, it was the SAS, it was Sheeran and Sutton. And, and, and I know that you're, you're kind of with your big friend, uh, Alan, Alan Shearer, but I, I think you're doing Sutton a little bit of a, 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 a disservice I'm not there. I'm trying to, I'm trying my hardest to get him out of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were going to mention Frank Bellamy is a lock in the team. I know he's one of my best, one of my best mates in football, but God, people are going to hate. No team. one who I've played with at Ipswich cannot play in front of Craig Bellamy. I'm sorry. So uh, tell us. So I've gone for. So is this going to make me laugh? Have I got? Am I going to giggle now? Is this like my centre half partnership? Is this? Is this no, 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 be no, your... no, 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 no. Okay, all right. Okay, Town Legends. Played in the Premier League probably most of his career, so I've gone for the the one off the striker. I could have put Jimmy Bullard as a number ten there. I played with him when I came back into loan, but no, I've gone for playing <laughs> in the hole. Jason Dazell, right? Played with him when he came back to it's his second spell. Again, what a player! So intelligent, great touch. I think his stats back up. The youngest player to ever score in the top division at the time. Then he still he, he he scored for Ipswich Town on the Saturday. Went to school, high school on the Monday. That's how it's just unheard of. Which you were talking about young kids now have to be twenty one probably to get into the first team. He's going. He's just turned sixteen. He's still at high school. So I went for Jason Dazelle. Went on at Tottenham. Had a good career at Tottenham. Scored massive goals for Ipswich against Norwich. He's in our top 10 goal scorers of all time at Ipswich as well, isn't he? Yeah. Must be in the top 10 for appearance makers for Ipswich as well. He's a real legend of the of the club. And I could have also put Scoey there. Or Scoey up top. No! I could have. No, I can't have Scoey. I can't have the count. We can't but have I've the count put, in that team. I, put, <laughs> no, I, can't have I had to put, I had to go for David Johnson. David Johnson. Um Again, we were really struggling one season. We were in the bottom half of the table. We signed this kid from Berry. Again, never heard of him. I remember his debut at Molyneux. He scores. He was on absolute fire. And he scored probably for the two seasons I was there, 25-plus goals a season. Uh, the following season when I left, when they got promoted, him and Marcus Stewart scored bags of goals as well. Um, I'm just deflated because my debate <laughs> <laughs> how much I love Jono there's no way Jono can play in front of Chris Sutton and Craig Bellamy it's just can I get Jason Dazelle in there but if we're talking about what these players have gone on to achieve in their careers this is looking like a horrible team now God, yeah. I would absolutely hate this team. Um, well, half of them, anyhow. But yeah, I think there's a couple of things I want to pick up. Mm. Why, why, Darren? Why did you call Scoey the Count? Because he's the most late. Well, well, he used to just kind of yeah, he used to just kind of ghost around him. So Scoey was when uh, Kieran mentioned Peter Taylor earlier when we were in England on the Twenty Ones together, and he's turned up and that's back in the day when actually you'd have a roomie. Nowadays you'll have a room each, but. 
He said, I've, um, I've sorted your roomie out for you because he picked the rooms for you. Bearing in mind, we just I think we just played in a derby a couple of weeks before and I'd never met Scully before in my life. He put me in a room with him. So first of all, we did that. I mean, the Ipswich Norwich thing. So I met Scully, but then Scully came to my my um, my stag do. I've known Scully for, for many years. He's a great lad, but just... His, do you know his nickname was at Leicester when he went to Leicester? His nickname at Leicester was the weirdo. Because <laughs> he... <laughs> Because he was just, he was just, he was just, he was just a strange lad. You know, he'd be talking, you know what, Kieran knows what he's like. You start talking to Scoey, you'd have a conversation with Scoey, and all of a sudden he'll just look away and walk off and disappear for like an hour. And you have a clue where he's gone. He, would he was just a strange man. He's just a strange boy. So be the account, because he was like, he was just sort of ghost around everywhere, sort of one paced, just not sort of taken in, very quiet, just sort of come out with the old little, odd little thing every now and again. But yeah, just a, uh, He's a great, great lad, Scary. I love Scary. Yeah, he's, he's one of my groomies under 21. When you, so. when you room with him, was he still like obsessed with like, you know, when the the TV's off and it's got the standby light on and every yeah, single Yeah, you have to cover up. The clock, yeah, the clock had to be covered. The digital clock. Yeah. You couldn't have any kind of light coming through. Yeah. He's a weirdo. That's what I'm saying. The perfect nickname. Yeah. He was a good player, though. He was, I, I say about Scary, he was a, very underrated, a bit like Emil Heskey. He did a lot of the donkey work and probably didn't he did. have the production and the goal that... that... Scoey, Scoey is one of those players, though, if you remember, anywhere near Christmas, all of a sudden, Scoey would become a bit of a nightmare on the pitch and get sent off because he would never be playing over Christmas or Boxing Day. He would time his bookings and send it off perfectly. Oh, <laughs> so he'd have the Christmas off. Man, we'll check that out now. Yeah, for we'll the check that, now. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't argue. I I would love to get Jason Dezel in the team. But I've got a question about <clears throat> Jason Dezel. Would he would he not be a bad influence on you? He came back, he he's his second time and <laughs> um he didn't play for the club what four games or whatever before his contract wasn't renewed and he was out drinking with you, I think. That was the rumour. That's complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> rumor. <laughs> the game was Charlton away. I came off with a virus. He came off with a virus. And then he was seen spotted going to a, a party, a function. I was nowhere near there. And then um, when he wasn't, his contract wasn't renewed, the big rumour was he was a bad influence on me. But that's absolutely nonsense. He was a good influence on me because I needed more people like that who have been there, done it, made mistakes, which I hadn't made mistakes at the time. Um, and I hated that that was labelled at him, that he was a bad influence on me because I see him as an actual role model. Um, and he was a very good player even when he came back, by the way. Well, what's he going to say? It's actually on Dot. So just on Dot as well. We, we, I worked with him a little bit and I came down to work in a school in Ipswich at St. Jerry's College for, for a while running the football programme there and he used to come in and do some coaching. And Dot is probably the one player I've met from Ipswich over the years that's he literally sometimes he couldn't look at me because I played for Norwich. He still, I think he still hated me, yeah. and he, he he had it in him. He hated anyone who's anything to do with Norwich. He hated it with a passion. Whereas I could, I can kind of, you know, there's always going to be that rivalry there. But I think he, all these years later, he still, still, literally didn't want to work with me. He didn't want to have anything to do with me. He cut. He found. He found. I think he found it really hard, really difficult. Another Darren bread. Yeah, exactly. But how, how are you going to face him, Kieran, when you next see him and say that you didn't get him into a an Ipswich team, but you did agree that 
Chris Sutton and Craig Bellamy could go in ahead of him. Well, it's only because I'm putting him up against Craig Bellamy. And at the end of the day, Craig Bellamy's played Champions League. He's won the PFA Young Player of the Year. He's played for Liverpool, Man City. He's played for top, top teams. He was a top, top player. Um, obviously, Darren talked about Craig and teammates wanted to beat him up. And the one thing I always say about Craig is he never asked the teammate to do something that he wasn't willing to do. So if he dig someone out for not eating their eating the right food, he was actually eating the right food, so he'd dig them out, or they weren't training the right way, he'd be the one who was giving 100% in training, whether it be in the gym. So he was very demanding, and like you said, I remember I hated him when we used to play against him in the youth team. In Even the game I touched on Darren, my first uh, derby, well, my first start in the derby, he's sub. I've, I talk about it all the time. He's sub, I'm playing right right back against Adrian Forbes. I'm having a good game. We're losing 2-1. He comes on. He comes straight running over to me. He's not even playing against me. He just runs 50 yards where he's not meant to be. And he goes, you're shit. And then, and I'm like, hang on a minute, you're sub. I'm shit, you're sub for Norwich. Uh, unbelievable. Just the way he was. He was just, he tried to get under the skin of people. And it was like, a, I always say that. Players like that, they need to have that edge, though. Because when Graham Sooners came into Newcastle and was meant to sort out the Brat Pack and this and that, Craig went within himself and he didn't have that edge anymore because he knew that once he stepped out, Sooners wanted to rip his head off. And you just lost the player. So some of these players, you've got to, you've got to let them play on the edge. You have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we've got- uh, so we've got... Sutton and Bellamy, but that means we've got Jim Magilton. On that, I'll give you Jim. I'll give you Jim. On that Thank note, you. I think it's. I think. I think it's only fair. But in diplomatic relations over the border, cross border, and all that. Do him a bit for diplomatic relations. I'll uh, give you that. I I'll think it's only Jim. manager. Only yeah, well, I was going to say we. we the man. Well, should we go for the subs first of all? Is it, should we? Ian Crook's got to be a sub. Um, we, we go with three outfield players from that. The players that, that I'd that probably from, from my side, I'd probably go in terms of the ones I'd put forward as a sub: a Rule Fox, uh, Ian Crook, and probably Mark Bowen. If we're going to have three subs, they were the three I'd put forward yeah. from my from my side. Your ones that missed out were Mickey Stockwell, Kieran, Titus, Bobby Petter, and then I got a bit lost. You you, you kept naming lots of town strikers <laughs> to try and grasp one that would be better. But I think you, you named uh, Dezel, David Johnson, Scoey, David too. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even mention Efan Akuku and I played with him. He was, he mm. was, um, he was unbelievably good Efan as well. That, that era when he scored, he scored, I think he scored four at Everton in the Premier League as well. Just great. But yeah, he's only been with us for long season or so. Then he moved on. Um, but he was a great player too. To all the Ipswich and Norwich fans, if you are watching this, by the way, Darren has got a longer period to pick from. I was only at Ipswich for two and a half years, so this is, this is very true. Although, a bit I've more... picked, although, although I've only picked them basically from the first two or three years <laughs> of my career, because the rest after that we yeah. were in the Championship and it wasn't as good. So yeah, we had to. I, got, uh, I went early doors. What about he was? He was. 
he wasn't on par with you, but what about Keith Keith O'Neill? Keith O'Neill used to think he was um, the Georgie Best of Norwich. That's what he used to think he was. Yeah, he was a he was a great. Yeah, man, he got injured a lot. He went on from Norwich to Middlesbrough, I think he did, and and played a few bits and bobs. But great player, another one off the pitch that had that edge like Bellis did. You know, people didn't like him as a kid because he was he was self confident. Um, Great player. But I always remember the one the one thing people always ask a story about about Keith O'Neill. He went on Soccer AM and they said to him on Soccer AM, you know, we always to go on there back in the day, didn't we? And they said to him, What's the best thing about Norwich? And he said the A eleven to London. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so he was ne- he was never forgiven by Norwich fans after that. But he was yeah, he, he, he was a bit like a George Best. He, he used to love a night out, loved to drink. He was just yeah, but his body used to break a lot on him as well, unfortunately. He couldn't even get that answer right. He should have said the A120 back to Ipswich, but never mind. <laughs> the, in the starting 11, there are six town players and five five Norwich players. So with the three subs, we'll go with one town player and, and, and two Norwich players to, to even it up. And I've, no, I've you don't written, have to do it like that. You could have to even it up if you think it's, you know, if you think it's right, it's right. No? Well, Ian Crook. At the end of the day, you know, it's, your, it's, your, it's your podcast. It's your podcast. It's an Ipswich podcast. So, you know, it's always going to be a bit heavy the other way, wasn't it? <laughs> Ian Crook, I think, yeah. get, gets in there. Um, looking at the other players that that missed out, Jono should be in there. I'm, I'm ruling out Jason Dazelle, not because of of the that that incident or that the fact the incident happened, but you only played with him a little bit in that in that in that short time. And the, the one player out of all of those that that really sticks out to me as being a really decent decent player. And if we're going to ignore the we're going to ignore the centre half. So I thought Matt Jackson was was pretty decent for Norwich, but I would probably go with Rule Fox as the as a as the third sub. And then we're kind of quite happy there because he was born in Ipswich and played for Norwich and and still plays a little <laughs> bit for 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 Witten. But then we come to the you know we, we've got our eleven, we've got our three our three subs, but we now need to decide who who's going to to manage it. Um, and then I looked and. Forget what I said about people being temporarily in charge, you know, temporarily being involved. But I think you've got a couple of decent managers north of the north of the border. But Kieran, you've got George. Do you want to come into bat for him and say say what he was like? I've, I've got your book over here. I'm not I'm not going to read it, but there is a line in there when you said that George Burley didn't develop me, um, and I was quite interested what you meant by that. I think Darren can vouch for this is that when you're in a youth setup it is about individual development and then when you get into the first team especially back in the 90s I thought it was just all about the team 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 five sides crossing and finishing but it was never that individual what is your weaknesses how are we going to develop your weaknesses so when I said that George gets a lot of credit Yes, he should get a lot of credit because he gave me my debut and he wasn't shy in giving kids a chance. And it's not just the Ipswich, he's the, all the players he gave at Southampton, Lalanas and Gareth's and Theo's and Huddleston at top, top, uh, Derby. He gave everyone their chance and that takes a manager, a lot of courage for a manager to do that. But I'm talking about as an actual develop me as an individual player, I always give Brian Klug and Paul Goddard and all my youth coaches the benefit of the doubt on that side because they worked on my weaknesses, 
made my strengths super strengths and weaknesses because that's what their jobs are. His job is to win matches on a Saturday. It's not to mm. just focus on Kieran Dyer every day, every day, because he's got a, we've got to prepare to play Norwich at Carrow Road in two days' time, if you know what I mean. So, again, where people read that, they might think I have a issue with George Burley. I've got no issue with George Burley. I'm forever grateful, and he is a fantastic manager. I, I'm going, Darren's going down this down this course of hopefully being a manager or a coach. And I don't think he was an unbelievable coach, but as a manager and managing people and his recruitment was first class. And um, like I said, to take Ipswich, it's like Daniel Fark taking Norwich up in the Premier League when it was, we're talking about, we had the Invincibles at the time and Man United with the Roy Keynes. And to go into the last game of the season with a chance of qualifying for the Champions League and then to win manager of the year is testament to the testament to George. And yeah, he was a fantastic manager. But Ipswich have got a very uncanny knack of producing good managers. So we put George Burley down then, unless you want to come in, Darren. Yeah. He can't say Mike Walker. Well, uh, Mike Walker. Well, look, well, well, the thing is, that you you look again. So there's there was two managers that really one that they were very nineties managers as well. And, and we talk about as Kieran just said there, the both managers that I played under for Norwich that like I was caught in toying between were very similar managers in a way that they 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 man managed. They were good man managers. They didn't coach. You know, the, the first one, Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill never would come out and coach. You wouldn't see him till a Friday, but you'd have your, your coaches in the background that did, did all the work for you, that worked with you every single day, that developed your game and, and produced you from that. So, so, so Martin, it wasn't, but he was such a great motivator and, and, and you know, studied psychology. You know, we, we all know well about Martin and Neil in terms of his man management and, and that got the best out of me as a player. I wasn't a player that wanted a manager on the training pitch every single day because I, I didn't want to keep hearing his voice. I'd like to have a manager come in at a weekend or on a Friday and, and all of a sudden the gaffers here would liven me up for the game. You know, managers are very different now. They're out on the pitches all the time and you're hearing the voice. And I'm not sure how, as a player, that would get the best out of me. I think I'd switch off after a while. So for me, and, and as, as Kieran just said, Mike Walker was, was another one where he progressed my game from, he was the reserve team manager when I was in the youth team and I played in the reserves. He then got his opportunity in the Norwich first team to be the manager, took over from Dave Stringer, who basically developed that squad, which then went on to have the success it did. But he gave me my opportunity at 18 years of age in the club's first ever game in Europe. You know, he chucked me on with 20 minutes to go. And it's just the confidence he gave in me to be able to do that. But again, he didn't, he was a great man manager. He'd be on the coach drinking with the boys, fighting with them at the back of the coach, arm wrestling with them. He's one of those type of managers, but... The quality in terms of development came from John Dean in terms of his coaching, working with us on a day-to-day basis. And, and, you know, you'll know Steve Foley. Steve Foley's, you know, it's absolute ledge. Steve Foley, I, I, I love him to bits, and he was a massive part of my career. And I know Craig Bellamy said the same. So we both had the, the same era of coach that we look back on now and both say he was a massive part of it during our younger years of getting the best out of us. So as Kieran said... For me, the manager almost became irrelevant. I think when a, when if you've got a group of players who, who are good and, and are self-motivated, 
the manager doesn't really need to say much. You go out there, let them do it. They'll give you the idea of what you want you to do. But if you've got the right players, let's self-motivate to make decisions on the pitch first and foremost. I see nowadays when teams play about, um, you know, you, 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 you want them to work out problems on the pitch, problems they come up against. They set them in a system. If it's not working, a lot of players can't work out what to do. Whereas we, I think back in our era, and I know Kieran's the same, we, we took it upon ourselves, the players in the, in the team took it upon ourselves to make those decisions on the pitch of how to play, to drop for five minutes, to push forward, to tighten up. All these kind of decisions were made by the players on the pitch, not necessarily the manager. So for me, good teams, it seems a weird thing to say, because you have to, I mean, look at the clocks and the, and the, the, the peps nowadays are very different to the way the managers we played under. They're very much the coaches, I suppose. You're more like the Steve Foley's, the John Deans. You know, they're the, they're the managers now. But he let they let their players go out and they motivate them to go out and play. But they let the players on the pitch do it, and that's why those players are playing at Man City. That's why they're playing at Liverpool. Not because they're just technically the best players, because they work out problems the best on the pitch as well, and they do it themselves. Pep could sit on the bench, Klopp could sit on the bench and do nothing for the whole game, and they would still win because they just got that mentality on the pitch of knowing what to do it when and when to do it. And that really makes a good manager. So I couldn't care less who the manager is with this team, to be honest, because <laughs> those players on the pitch wouldn't listen anyway. We'd just do what we, we wanted to do. Well, well, we'll stick with George just because of your strong argument, Kieran, at the beginning. You know, Martin O'Neill went on to do great things after he left at Norwich, but he wasn't there long enough. Um, and obviously, Mike Walker fell out with Robert Chase and, and then left and, and came backwards. So I, I think came back again. So I think we'll we'll stick with George for that, for his his loyalty. Um, I'm just going to go through the team. Uh, I've never recorded this also as a, an audio podcast. So I just suddenly thought, actually, it's all well and good putting a graphic up. But if people are sitting in their car or walking their dogs, they won't be able to hear it. So the <laughs> team they won't be able to see it. So the team you come up with was uh, Richard Wright in goal. Uh, your two fullbacks of Ian Culverhouse and Maurizio Tarico. Uh, your two centre-halves, John Newsom and Mark Venus. Um, and look at this midfield. Uh, Matt Holland, Jim Jilton. Kieran Dyer and the fly in the ointment of the of the blue midfield is, is, is Darren Eady, but I think well deserved. Um, the forward line is going to, I think, have a lot of discussion on on, on social media with Chris Sutton and, and, and Craig Bellamy and, and how quickly you crumbled, really, uh, Kieran. There, I think you know Jono's <laughs> Jono's going to feel a bit harsh, but he's got it on the bench. He's, he's on the bench with with Ian Crook and. I don't know if we decided the third one, so I'm going to stick Mickey Stockwell uh, but, down. But what I'm saying, you say I'll. I'll take the brunt of it. And it's crazy in a way because as players, there's the supporters player of the year and there's a the players player of the year. Players take more pride and don't take it the wrong way to the fans by being voted by their peers. Because we're there every day on the training pitch, in the games. We know really what is going on and who are the main fellows. So when he's telling me Craig Bellamy and Chris Sutton, I know. <laughs> as much as I love David Johnson and Scoey, they're not as good as Craig Bellamy and Chris Sutton. And for fans of Ipswich who think these players, yes, you should have your icons in that. But I'm telling you now, I've played with Craig Bellamy. He is a lot better than David Johnson and James Scrocross ever were. And that's not a knock on them. He was a great, great player. I think... I think and the thing is, as well, if you if you ask David Johnson the same question, he would probably openly admit that, 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 Shearer, uh, Shearer, that Sutton 
and Craig Bellamy had better careers than he probably did or was a better player. That's not been derogatory to him. I, you know, I, I don't compare myself to players I think I'm better than. You know, there's players that are better than me. I don't, it's, it's Kieran said, you, you know where your place fits in the game. And generally, your career dictates that. And, and those two lads had unbelievable careers. Well, David Johnson's not even the, David Johnson's not even the best player in his household. I love it. Good luck, Brendan. That's a great answer. The last thing we've got to do is um, um, we've got to have a captain. Matt Holland's in the team, so um, we'll stick him down there. Um, And I I think... Team for me. Team for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me. It's always got to be the boring one in the team, isn't it? Matt Holland's boring as. If I was a manager and I was to pick a captain of... Out of him and Jim Magilton, I would pick Jim Magilton. I tell you what, always makes a difference. The captain, right? And you'll you'll probably vouch for this with Kieran as well. I guarantee. And Matt Holland was the PFA rep as well. Yep. <laughs> there you go. That says it all. They always are. They're them type of people. Always yeah. wears black boots. Always does the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that there is a need for that for that player in in, in life. You know, in football and and, and in life. But um. That's great. I, th- I think you know, with the with the fourteen players that w- that we've come up with, um, and the George Burley, but neither of you seem to kind of really worry about that. I think it would cause a, a great deal of debate. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for coming on, but uh, particularly first of all, you, Darren. I really appreciate that you, you spending the time to to come on to this podcast. I have I have tried to be objective, but I'm probably a bit too objective at some points. Um, but I'm I, I think that the cherry on the cake for me was that Jim was a I don't think he'd be very happy that he was a late selection in the team, but, you know, he should have been the, the first name on there. But I'm, I'm pleased to have him in there, and I'm sure it will cause lots of debate. Uh, so thank you very much, and thank where you, does the team, for... where, does, where does that team come in the Premier League? I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be bad, would it? Just the centre-half covering me a bit, bit. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's my... But, that, that's but if Matt Holland, said, and, well, Matt Holland and Jim are very disciplined and protection then as a front a bit pace yeah I mean, I mean to be fair Bellamy Fox sorry Bellamy Dyer Edie and Sutton I mean that's like Mane Salah <laughs> the ass <laughs> that's Good worth answer. about 500 million now isn't it 500 million for that lot <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's well, it. Honestly, that's been, it's been an absolute pleasure I, look, thanks for having me on it's been it's been great to reminisce actually and, and people you know we always have that rivalry but uh, I miss it and, and I wish it will come back as quick as possible but it, hopefully it'll be a few years just yet because we've gloated for the last what 15 is it been now too long. long time too, too, too long yeah um, it, it, for, for me as a fan it was great just having the the derby matches it was the greatest week or the worst week ever it was the only time probably that i watched mm. anglian news and look east because you had the the build up for <laughs> it and stuff um and yeah many a time i've gone to carrow road and, and been really really happy and other times i've gone there and been really really glum but it's it's, it's the team that I'm, i love to you know as any fan that you love to love to be um but if you don't have a rival i'd much you know i'd yeah, you, you got you got to have a rival in there, and Norwich City is, is, is our rival, so it's really good. Is that your is that your dream to go back in the club as a coach for the first team, or you've happy at Leicester learning your trade at the moment? Or I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, I, I manage it with my brother-in-law Chris Wigger, um, so we have 
we have a great time, you know, and, and, and I love that someone to bounce off. Um, I don't know. It's, it's not something I've really considered. I see where it takes me. Um, I miss it every single day as you do. I miss the changing rooms. I miss being around those lads. Um, but I think the success Norwich has had now over the last few years makes it very difficult for me to be able to step back in. I think if they were in lower leagues, it might be a bit easier to sort of get in and around the club and coaching roles and stuff like that. You know, they've had such success. I don't think there's probably a way in that way. I'm, I'm going in as an ambassador again next year, so I'll be working at the club quite closely with them and working on their media side and, and, and doing all that. So, you know, there's, I'm sure there's roles there for me, which I'd love to be part of. But ultimately, I think um, Norwich City have had such success over recent years. Look, I'm, I'm way off that. Do you know what? The thing is with management as well, I, I think I'd love to manage Norwich, but if I want to manage Norwich, you want to be there forever because I'm not someone who wants to be transient and keeps moving around. And if you get success, you're going to be there for a year or two. If you don't do well, you're going to be there for a year or two. And I'd, either one way, it's going to go one way or the other. You're going to be tarnish your reputation in terms of what you do, or you're going to be elevated to that God again. So, you know, it can go either way. And I'm, I'm quite happy with, with my career in terms of the way I played there. Um, but you never say never. Do you know what I mean? Forgot to ask the question. Of course I would. I'd love the club. Have you had much dialogue with uh, Stuart Webber, CEO at Norwich? Do you, um, because obviously yeah. with Ipswich and the takeover and Mark Ashton, the CEO's a big thing at Ipswich now. And when I look at CEOs, he's the benchmark, I think, Stuart Webber, of what he's done at Norwich. Yeah. And like he was linked yeah. to yeah. United and peaked clubs like that. That's how good his success was. And how have you Yeah, I think if you look at... Yeah, he's been, he's been great. Look, if you if you look at the way the club was when he came in and, and how he's remodelled it, and there's always the argument about staying in the Premier League. And we we know how difficult that is. And the recruitment hasn't been great this season. It hasn't. The team's ended up worse than it was the last time in the Premier League. That's that's a whole other story. I think if you if you take that away from it and look at the infrastructure behind the football club now and the training ground, it, I think they're doing another phase on the training ground now, which is going to take them into the top 10 in the Premier League in terms of training ground. Wow. So it's just it's just incredible what they're doing. Um, so that will have longevity, you know. Now it's about getting right on the pitch. And as a fan, they don't care where the lads train. I don't care where the lads train. I want to see them win on the pitch. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And when you get um, success, you want to grow that success, and it, it becomes very different. You know, Leicester's a good example of it. Leicester fans are always pretty happy. Then they won the Premier League and now they're not happy because they're not competing at the top of the league. They, they, you know, it's, you know fans, fans' expectations change because of success and, and rightly so. And Norwich have had been, you know, gone up and down the last few years, have had great success, but the fans now want to be able to compete in the Premier League. And I don't think it's just about staying in the Premier League. They want to look like they're competitive in it. And unfortunately, this season, they didn't. You know, they weren't. They were just the players, the group of players they've got are just not good enough. And that's not being derogatory about them as people. I don't know them. It's just as a, as a, as a group, they've not been good enough to stay in the Premier League. And that comes down to technical ability. As I said before, I think there's a lot of young foreign lads have gone into the into the squad, expected to hit the ground running in the Premier League and it won't happen, you know, but it'll soon get forgotten about. Have a good start in the Championship next year and get promoted again. Then we could think about doing things differently. So you have to learn lessons from it. And I'm, I'm sure Stuart Webber will, will do that. Good. And last thing, just last thing for me is I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the banter. Like I said, I've respected you as a player. Even though we were rivals, we were teammates as well, which is a, a bit weird as well. But 
obviously I'm unemployed at the moment, waiting for a liver transplant. Don't know when that's going to be. So we've come up with this idea that in the meantime, I'm going to be doing podcasts. I'm going to go through my long list of contacts. There'll be more to come, but also obviously when Blaston and the preseason start, if, if you want me to pop along and do a session and help out or whatever in the meantime, Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Because I know you've still got absolutely, William, mate. Dave Williams, the mate, you, you, you're, you're more than welcome. We'd yeah. love you to come in and say Lee Norfolk's one of our coaches who yeah. you know from the academy anyway, so he's a great lad. So, mate, you're, you're always welcome. Love to have you come in and, and do some bits with the boys. It'd be, it'd be our pleasure, without a doubt. Brilliant. I, Brilliant. Can, I can pick up the cones at the end if you like, just to <laughs> just to take part of that. Um, yeah. so thank you both very much. Um, it's, 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 it's been excellent. Um, and look forward, Kieran, to you know putting together some other podcasts going forward. Um, and thank you, Darren. Wish Layston the best of luck next season. And Kieran, uh, wish you the best of luck in with your health. And and um, once you've got that sorted, you know the, the kickstarting on your career going forward. So thank you very much, both of you, for your time. No problem. Cheers, pleasure. Bro. Thank you. See you later. Cheers. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.